Hello, everyone. This is Reb Brad, and you're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. This week features a recorded interview with John Hollinger. John is an American-born goalkeeper who most recently was playing in Sweden and is now trialing in Northern Ireland. John's a new friend of mine, and he joins me via Zoom while in Madrid, Spain, to talk more about his goalkeeping journey and his faith. I want to take just a moment, though, and before we begin, say thanks for listening. Could you take a minute, though, and if you're enjoying the podcast, would you give us a rating and write a review? That sure helps the podcast get a lot more exposure to others. Also, we recently linked up through Pod Hero, and if you use Pod Hero to listen to podcasts, we will be able to receive part of your subscription fees in support of our podcast. Probably won't amount to much, but every little bit helps. Finally, we'd love to hear from you. So if you want to shoot us an email, send us an email at podcast at soccerchaplainsunited.org. We'd love to hear from you, whether it's a, a guest speaker idea you have or a topic or something you're interested in me talking about through the podcast. We'd love to hear more from you. Well, without further delay, I want to get to the interview and to our time together with John. So hold on. We'll be right back after this. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're on the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! Well, hello, everyone. On today's episode, I have a new friend joining me all the way from Madrid, Spain. It's John Hollinger. John, welcome to the podcast. What's up? Happy to be here. Man, so tell us, how did you get to Madrid, Spain? Because originally when we set this up, you were going to be in Northern Ireland, and now I'm, I'm calling you. It's an hour later, uh, and you're in Madrid. T- tell us wh- what's been going on. You, you, uh, you just recently left U.S. for a training stint in Northern Ireland, maybe an opportunity there, but now you're in Madrid. So what's, what's going on? Yeah. So, um, in Northern Ireland, there's a, there's a four week lockdown going on right now. So like the lower leagues underneath the premier league are on hold. So, um, yeah, I have a buddy out here in Madrid and, uh, decided to come out here, um, and, you know, stay with him for a little bit, see Madrid, uh, train with him or you know some other teams here as well during the during the little break that we have and uh um yeah totally unexpected though it was a really like it happened within like a day or two um uh was out in northern ireland for a little over a month and was was doing preseason and uh friendly matches as well with uh with a couple clubs and uh yeah just to a lot of unexpected things as you know in 2020 has been and so yeah well john i i think you've got to be one of the most well-traveled footballers that i know um and i want to talk a little bit about that but john give us a little bit of sense of your background your your playing career and and kind of how things have kind of led you to where you are today i mean um, I mean, if someone Googles John Hollinger soccer, they're going to find out a little bit about you, but kind of maybe start with your, your days in the DC United Academy and, or, or how you even got into football to begin with. Cause I know for us Americans, we've, we've got a lot of sports that we can play. We've got a lot of different things that can uh, take our attention, but how'd you get into soccer? How'd you get into football? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I have a twin brother and uh, both of us growing up were, you know, really, you know, energetic, a lot of, you know, energy and uh, love played in all sports. And uh, my dad, uh, you know, wanted us to, you know, get in the league and to, you know, something that we could do to get our energy out and uh, our aggressiveness, you know? So, um, yeah. So me and my brother, we, at nine years old, we started on the local uh, FPYC. It's called house league here. And um, yeah, I just started playing goalie too, because, you know, our coach is like, who wants to play goalkeeper? And I rose my hand right away. And like, why, right why did you choose? Why did you choose goalie though? I mean, that's, yeah, I remember as a kid, no one wanted to be goalie because you don't get to score the goals. You kind of you're in the back, kind of left alone, kicking kicking the weeds and dandelions. But why did you raise your hand? Yes, you know, for me, like in all the sports that I was playing, like I wanted to be like the different, you know, position, kind of like more like the leadership position. I would say, like the goalkeeper, or like in baseball, like I was like, all right, I want to be the pitcher. I wanted to be, you know, the quarterback within American football. So I don't know why. I just liked, you know, kind of having that control, you know, like that leadership position. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it started. Was your twin brother playing as well then on the same team? Yeah, so he was on the field. He was playing in the midfield, sometimes up top. So, um, yeah, I remember our first game as well. And, he scored a goal. So like in our first season as well, like it was pretty much like, you know, he was scoring a lot of the goals and I was, you know, saving a lot of the goals. So like, you know, it was, it was pretty fun. It was, it was, it was a blast actually. You know? So, so John, I got to ask because I have twins. Are you identical twins? Yes, we are. We're identical twins. Wow. Now, yeah. so, so awesome. <laughs> Being chaplain for the Rapids, we we had uh, we had a set of twins that came, or uh, potentially could have came. The Deli Valdez brothers, um, uh, they were from Panama, and we used to joke that we ought to sign the other twin brothers so that at halftime we could just switch them around and not use up a substitution, and we would we'd be able to uh, get a fresh set of legs on without without using uh, one of the subs. But um, did you and your brother ever uh, play a trick or do any kind of twin twin joke uh, with your soccer with your soccer buddies? Mm, well, let's see here. Did we do any tricks? I mean, that's a good question. We didn't really do any tricks, but actually, it's, there was there was a time where he was also playing goalkeeper, so we would switch off at halftime, and he was the goalkeeper as well. So, um, yeah, there's, I can't think of any at the moment, to be honest. Um, but, um, you know, we would always, you know, pick on our older sister because, you know, there's two of us, you know, we gang up on her a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're. I would say you, we're not like your typical twins, you know, because, you know, we're, we're one and we're 47 minutes apart. Usually it's like one, one minute or something. And then also it's called mirror image twins. So like he's a lefty and I'm a righty. So oh, like, wow. yeah, he's all left. I'm all right. So wow. that's, that's cool. Yeah. I've, I've got a set of twins and they're a minute apart. And um, um, some of the other stuff I don't, 
like I haven't kept track like who's right-handed and left-handed. I don't think they're exact mirrors, but uh, they certainly look alike, and uh, people have people have trouble with them if they don't know. So, so John, how did you go from nine-year-old house house league to DC United Academy? Like, how did how did that fit in or factor in? Yeah. So, just over the years, you know, me and my brother, we were just we kept progressing and. Um, we wanted to really play in high school, you know, the varsity team within our high school. So, you know, we ended up progressing into the travel leagues and, uh, you know, we played in, um, great falls was one travel league that I played with. Um, it's in Northern Virginia and then played with premier AC and, um, then ended up, you know, going over to DC United Academy and that had, that was a tryout. There was, there was open tryouts with that. And, you know, I actually missed the U15s, was it? Yeah. U15 tryouts. So I only, I went to the U16s and actually at that age, it's like, it's like a big difference, like U15 yeah. and 16. So like I was, you know, definitely playing with like older guys and just like a, a, a better level you know I mean it was already a good level and playing a year up so at the tryouts you know I I told my friend that I was like I, I missed the you know the U15s tryouts and he said you should tell the coach you know you should tell the coach I was like I'm not sure you know I'm not sure but like you know what I I actually did you know I went up and told the coach and he's like oh okay that's no problem you can come to the U15 like even though we already had tries in the U15s you can come like train with the U15s, it's kind of like my trial, but instead of with the open trial, you know, go with the club itself, you know, the U15s. And then, you know, I did well over there and then they just kept having me around. So um, I think it's like, you know, like you, like, I think that showed me something like you, like if you just stay silent, like I'm, I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity just by, you know, just asking him, you know, um, which, which was interesting, you know, really, really, really cool. So um but yeah, that's that's how I progressed into into you know DC United Academy, and uh, it was it was a really good experience. I really enjoyed it there. Um, so yeah, who were who were some of your coaches with uh, United? Mm-hmm. Well, we had Tom Torres, and I really I really like Tom Torres. He's 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 the coach at the wash the women's side now, Washington Spirit, mm-hmm. um, and. So he was my, he was the head coach and he's the one that, you know, brought me in and um, I really liked him. You know, he sometimes like as a player, like sometimes you might, you know, doubt yourself a little bit, but like he get, he really helped me with like my belief system as well. Saying like, you're really good. And like, you know, all, you know, all, just giving me that opportunity to be with DC United. So, you know, I would say like, just like that, you know, helping me, you know, within DC United, it, it really, you know, helped me as, as a goalkeeper. Like helped, yeah. helped your mentality and, and, and helped yeah, you gain that yeah, confidence. Exactly. Yeah. As well as just, you know, development as well, you know, get, getting to play with the guys and everything. So, yeah. Did you have a specific goalkeeping coach, uh, maybe someone that inspired you or like you looked up to and that they were, they were that person for you? Or, I mean, you mentioned Tom, but like, was there someone yeah. else that was oh, yeah. specific to your position? Yeah, definitely. So um, just before DC United Academy, I was also with uh, a club called Premier C and uh, the 
the head, um, the director there, his name is Sully Hamid, and his dad is uh, Bill Hamid, so his, or his son is Bill Hamid, so his son is the, the first team goalkeeper at East United. And um, so, yeah, so his, so Sully Hamid was, was my goalkeeper trainer when I was 14, 15, 16. And, uh, you know, he really helped me as well, you know? So like being able to train with him and say, and, and, and say, you know, I'm doing really good and give me really good feedback and, um, you know, really meant a lot to me. And I really looked up to Bill Hamid because I would go to the games as the ball boy for Reduce United Academy. I'd go behind the goalkeeper's net every game, you know, because there's different sections you could choose. And I was like, I want to go behind the goal. So, um, yeah, I went behind the goal every time. And, and it was at RFK Stadium. So it was pretty cool, you know, 15,000, you know, fans and you know as a 14 15 16 year old it's it's pretty cool experience so yeah yeah it's a cool cool environment for sure for sure so you know a lot of times in the academy system and the academy system's grown and evolved it's different today than it than it was way back in the day at the very early stages probably when you when you were part of it as well but um at what point did did you kind of know um hey i need to start looking at at college i need to start looking at what's beyond high school like at what point for you did you realize you know what i can play this game at a level where i mean i'm i've i've worked with some athletes who their last days are playing in high school but for you it's not been that way so was there a point where of realization like hey i've i've got the confidence i've got the skill and the ability and i'm gonna Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go go on beyond high school with this game Mm-hmm. Was there a moment? Yeah, for you? I think it was when I was like 15, 16, you know, playing with DC United Academy and uh, Bill Hamid's dad was, was saying like, yeah, you could play, you could play pro. And uh, I think it's good. Like something that, you know, sticks in my mind as well as like, sorry, like begin with the end in mind. So like, I didn't play, I didn't like aspire to just play in college. Like if you begin with the end in mind, it's like, okay, I want to play professional college soccer is just a route for me to get there, you know? So, um, yeah, I would say it's from, from training with, with Soli Hamid, you know, Bill Hamid's dad, I think that really helped, uh, me think I was like, okay, he's, he's telling me like I could play at the professional level, you know, his son is, you know, is doing really well in the MLS, you know? So I was like, all right, just keep going, you know? And, uh, yeah, that's when I started to, you know, look at colleges as well. So, so where, where'd you land college wise? Yeah. So I went to Canisius college. It's in Buffalo, New York. Um, it's a pretty small D one school NCAA and, um, you know, I had never heard of the school before ever. <laughs> until <laughs> they me. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought, you know what, I could play, at, you know, uh, you know, at a D1 level, which is, you know, decent level and continue to, you know, get my education as well. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was a good, good opportunity, you know, besides the weather, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Who are some of the uh, other teams that Canisius plays? Yeah. So we play in the Mac conference. So we play against Monmouth, Fairfield, Niagara, uh, Quinnipiac, uh, St. Peter's, a lot of like, um, 
schools in the Northeast and uh, smaller, you know, I would say like smaller, whether it was like Jesuit schools or Christian schools or Catholic um, private uh, institutions. Um, So, yeah. So how did that lead then to you playing overseas? Did you, did you go immediately after college? Did you go start playing overseas or kind of tell us a little bit more about your journey after Kinesis? Yeah. So, so after Kinesis, so I redshirted one year. So I used my fifth year to play at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. And even though it was D2 there, I, you know, I over there was a, you know, a much more professional environment. And, um, you know, I was around, you know, other, other, a lot more like international players and um, the setup, the facilities were very professional as well. So I think that helped me um, really focus on like, okay, like I, I can, you know, use this and transition into the pro game as well. Um, Because there was also, you know, guys from that, university going and playing professional as well um so yeah it was it wasn't easy obviously you know I, I went so I went to Palm Beach Atlantic University finished that grad season and then in the spring of 2018 um okay so to answer your question no I didn't immediately go overseas okay. uh, in the spring after my my last year I I was just doing a lot of different trials throughout the U.S. and uh, and some overseas, um, and you know, I played again that summer in PDL to just get more games as well in, in at Palm Beach. And then that summer is when I first went overseas to Sweden. Um, so yeah, cool. How how did you end up in Sweden of all places? Yeah, so I went to an I went to an open combine in Florida. It's called PSC. It's like pro soccer consulting combines. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I had a buddy who, who was there that I didn't, wasn't expecting to see there. And uh, he had just finished playing overseas in Sweden and he was a goalkeeper as well. I knew him from growing up actually in, uh, in Northern Virginia. And um, uh, eventually, you know, like he ended up leaving that club and he connected me with his club his former club because uh, they needed a goalkeeper. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's how I got, you know, started overseas. And and that was uh IFK Omal. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Sorry. IFK Omal. Omal. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's right. you know, A-M-A-L, but both A's have a little circles over them, you know, Swedish. So it comes out like an O-U sound. Um, so, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not too big of a not too big of a city, um, but uh, yeah, it was a nice, nice, nice place to start. Overseas. Like, like for some of our some of our listeners, give them give them a frame of reference. Like, if they were to go to, like, what would the stadium, what would the setup kind of look or feel like at MLS or USL level? Like, is there a team or club that comes to mind that? maybe would match in terms of just facilities maybe, or, or stadium, maybe even playing level. I don't know. Uh-huh. Okay. Throughout Sweden, like which clubs? No, no, just, just the club you were at, um, Amal, how, 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 how would that compare 
for maybe someone here in the U.S. Like if they're thinking through like a club. Yeah. Well, I would say it's much different, very different. And I would say the difference is like the culture, um, the footballing culture there is just like within the town. So like I got there, right. I got to, and, and at my first training, so it was, it was the second day I was there. I'm already getting interviewed by the papers and I'm in the papers for the city and everything. And, um, on, was it even the front, it might've been, it was the front of the sports, you know, like an American goalkeepers here. Um, and yeah, you're just, you're kind of known a bit more, I would say. And, um, you know, your average Joes within the city, know football at a pretty high level and, um, and then, okay. So facility wise, um, IFK Omal, the, the club that I was at, I mean, you know, we had, we had a really nice, you know, grass pitch, um, but comparing it, to, it would be kind of hard to compare it. Um, I would say, I would say it wasn't like, it was definitely not MLS, um, you know, facilities, but it was definitely very beautiful as in like the scenery. Cause, um, actually you could put, you might be able to see in my highlight video, um, you could see the waters, the biggest lake of Sweden is literally a hundred meters from the pitch and uh it's just this beautiful blue you can see it even if like you're coming from if you're higher up in the stands you can see you know this big big body of water it looks like an ocean but it's but it's uh it's actually the biggest lake in sweden um and just this you know it's the the nature's really beautiful there and it's uh you know, all around the, uh, you know, the facilities there. So cool. We'll, we'll have to yeah. link to, uh, to your highlight video and, and get a look for that. So, yeah. so you went from there, you went to Malmo, right? And, and Malmo is a, a, a pretty well-known club in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, yeah, in 2019, I went over to Malmo city, uh, FC. Um, it wasn't the top league team. So the top league team there is called Malmo FF. Okay. And so, yeah, I was playing for the third division club over there. Um, but yeah, man, Malmo was uh, a really, really beautiful city. And uh, the atmosphere in footballing in, in Malmo is also another level. Um, definitely. So sweet, yeah. sweet. So, John, you and I got connected when uh, one of the church members, the church where my family worships, he mentioned meeting you at a church in Sweden. And I would say, you know, most of our listeners here are from the U.S. And, um, you know, here in the U.S., there's like a church or two or three on every corner. Um, give us maybe a sense of what does it look like to participate in the life of a, a church body uh, when you're in a foreign country? Is that was that something is that something you found difficult to find or has it been pretty easy? Like what's that been like for you? Yeah, I would say initially it was it was pretty tough um, because one for me like I was still like growing in my faith, so I didn't really like know if um, you know I wanted you know to go to church um, or you know how I would you know and because uh, I, I I wasn't you know as open as as uh, I am now I would say and also um the language right and primarily you know churches are 
in Swedish when I was first there and in Omo, like it was uh, in Sweden, a lot of the people who do go to church, at least in my first city that I was in was uh, older generations. So um, not a lot of, you know, young guys in their twenties, you know, going to church and, you know, I'd go to the service and be an all in Swedish and I would try to pick up a few words here and there and uh, help me. I would say help me learn the language more. Um, but I would definitely say like in, in the bigger cities like Malmo, there was, you know, a church that I went to called ICF Malmo, International Christian Fellowship of Malmo. And they had an English service as well. And that was, uh, that was really good because, you know, I was able to, you know, have a, community of of other believers and they were just very welcoming um so um yeah i would say that the initial challenges was like not initially not you know being connected with a church with you know other people my age and also the language yeah sure sure yeah, those those are some uh, some huge challenges it sounds like when you went to um when you first started going to church, uh, like, did, did you feel like you stood out being, being a foreigner, being American? Like, and, and, you know, sometimes I've been in a church setting, maybe, maybe in those moments when standing out, you're either kind of rejected, like people ignore you and walk by, or sometimes people like glom on you and they just want to try and figure out why you're there or who you are. Like, did you have an experience like one of those two things or was your experience different? Yeah, it was, I would say experience both of that. And I would definitely stick out because like there were some services, like I'm, I would be the only one with, with not gray hair. So, <laughs> <laughs> so and, you're young, you're a foreigner. <laughs> yeah. 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 So then, and then we had in Sweden, it's called Fika, which is like, it's like, it's like coffee. coffee. Yeah. Coffee yeah. socialization, you know, and with maybe with like a, like a, like a, like a dessert with it too. And we'd have that after the service and it'd be me having Fika with, you know, you know, older people and just, you know, trying to communicate. Um, but you know, sweet, I mean, like the culture in general with, with Swedes is, you know, they tend to be a little more reserved as well. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, um, they, you know, they would, you know, come up to me and ask me like, what am I doing here? And, uh, did they recognize you like from the newspaper stories or like, did they like after a while just know that you were one of the goalkeepers for the city team? Yeah, I think, I think after a while they just, they, they knew that I was, uh, you know, the goalkeeper for the team and also, um, also in Malmo as well. They, they knew as well. So some of them came out to my games as well, which was great, you know? So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Was it hard for you to experience a, a, a sense of community? Like, like maybe going, going to church or, or did you, I don't know, maybe give us a sense. Like, does it, I, I've heard from a lot of other guys that play overseas that it feels really lonely a lot of times. Is that, has that been true for your own experience or have you been able to kind of make and, and find new friendships and kind of carve out your own way of, of doing those things? Yeah, definitely. Like you definitely have to like, I've definitely experienced some, you know, lonely times, you know, and I think I've done it like in in a way that's been hard as in like, it's just been me, you know, 
it would have been easier if, you know, I came over with, you know, another American that was, you know, a teammate of mine before or um, another guy I've played with before. But every pretty much every experience I've done is like been by myself, you know. So every time I go to a new club, it's it's me relearning and like me developing new relationships and starting from scratch again, you know. Um, but, um, that's, that's been a challenge, you know, and, but I think like, I think it's, uh, it's helped me grow stronger, you know, and, and, uh, you know, be, it's, it's kind of exciting too, you know, I, I try to reframe my mind. It's like, okay, it's exciting, you know, meeting new people as well, but it's, it's definitely, it's definitely been a challenge. Um, and then the new churches in, in regards to that, like, well, I, First in Omo, I was going to it, it, in 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 Europe. It's it's a lot more traditional churches, you know, like whether it's um, Catholic churches or more traditional styled churches. It's part of like the the history and the culture. Um, so, um, not not necessarily, you know, places I've was you know used to at least in my first season or not not churches i've been used to in my first season but in malmo uh, you know it was a it was a christian fellowship you know um uh, church so i uh felt more more sense of community there it, it felt you know um yeah like i would say even like a, like a breath of fresh air you know hmm. i would say that yeah for sure yeah how how many of those sort of uh, international fellowships have you found elsewhere, like in your travels? If, is that kind of like your go-to? Do you look for those or do you look for churches maybe similar to that now that you've kind of had that experience? Or, or have you kind of learned a rhythm of like getting in and learning the city and finding a church or finding a community and finding people or kind of what's that been like for you? Yeah. And, and I'm still learning it. You know, I'm still learning it. You know, I've been in, you know, I was just in Northern Ireland for a little over a month and that took some transition, you know, you know, it took a little time for that as well, you know, and um, especially with COVID now, you know, some churches are just are not doing anything. So um, yeah, Christian fellowships or uh, uh, churches, you know, I look for that or even when I talk with people like, um, I don't like necessarily like, maybe it's not like the first thing I say, but like, if they ask me like, what, what else do I, you know, do, you know, my time is like, Hey, I like, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian because of this. And, uh, you know, I, you know, maybe I share my testimony or I ask about the history within, um, the culture at the, you know, which, whatever country I'm in. So for example, in Northern Ireland, you know, they have a big history between, you know, Catholicism and Protestants and um yeah so just you know asking questions and learning from that you know and uh with with people you know whether it's you know my teammates or coaches or community and or people of Northern Ireland and um and then you know kind of drawing that back to to you know my faith in, in Christ and uh, kind of like what I see and but but you know just trying to learn as much as I can from them you know I think like in order to, you know, relate with people, you got to like, it's, if, if you can have some sort of like empathy with, for them and understand like, you know, their background, you know, more, I think it helps, you know? So. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 
Well, John, you you do a little bit of podcasting yourself. Tell us a little bit more about your podcast. Uh, it's it's entitled "The Footballer's Faith," right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell so, tell us about your uh, your podcast. Tell us about you know how how you started up doing the podcasting, and yeah, a little bit more about what what's behind that, what drives it. Definitely, definitely. So, I would say for me. Well, for, first of all, you know, I grew up, you know, going to church and uh, I'll, I'll start, you know, pretty much with that. You know, I, I, I grew up going to church, grew up in a Christian home. And, you know, I mean, you know, deep down inside me, you know, I say, yeah, I love Jesus Christ and everything. But did I really understand, you know, what the Bible said and and things like that and having a relationship with Jesus Christ? I don't really think so. You know, I'm, I'm not really sure, you know, and I, I would I would probably say no, I I didn't. Um, and then, you know, I, I went away to college and when I went away to college, I, you know, I definitely, you know, went away from, from, from Christ. Um, whether that was, you know, getting into partying and drinking and, and girls and things like that. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't until I was, uh, 20 years old, uh, just before my, it was just at the end of sophomore year. And, um, we had just got done with another, you know, another big party. And, you know, I'm just, you know, it was the end of the year and everyone had gone home and I was there for an extra day and I was alone. You know, I was alone contemplating on the whole year that just had happened. And I was listening to uh, a Christian song. I was listening to mercy me. And it came to the lyrics when you see Jesus face to face. Right. And when I heard that, you know, I imagined it. And then I started crying because, you know, I knew right there, I was like, man, I'm, I don't, I feel ashamed. You know, I, I don't know if I would want to see, you know, Jesus face to face, you know? So that moment on, like, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm giving my life to Christ. I need to turn this around. And um, so, yeah, that was the start of the journey. That's the start where, you know, I, I started going towards Christ and um, you know, Fast forward a little bit when I was in Sweden, you know, I was, I was, you know, seeking the Lord more, you know, I was, I felt alone again because like I was in this, my first time overseas. And, um, I think for me as a new Christian, as a new born again, Christian, I felt a little bit of this confliction, right? This confliction between like, I want to serve the Lord, but at the same time, I'm in the world with my teammates, with the culture and we're doing these worldly things that maybe that, that does not, you know, exemplify Jesus Christ, you know? Mm. So I felt this confliction, you know, because I want to, I want to, I wanted to, you know, develop relationships with my teammates, you know, Oh, let's go out, let's party, let's do this, you know? But at the same time, I wanted to live, I want to live a life for Christ, you know? So I came across this other podcast called uh, sports spectrum podcast and it was great. You know, I was, you know, on that podcast, they, it's by Jason Romano and they, they interview other professional uh, athletes that are, you know, Christian and they talk about, it's the intersection of sports and faith. And I thought this was so cool, you know, like top level professionals, whether they're in the NBA, NFL, M- uh, I didn't, I didn't see too much in the MLS, but um but it was mostly, you know, MLB. And I was like, wow, this is so encouraging, so encouraging. And, you know, over time, you know, I started to develop, okay, like 
faith in your sport doesn't have to be separate. It's not like a box where, okay, I do this, you know, I, I pray here, I go to church on this Sunday, then, you know, I do this within my footballing. There could be, you know, it, it's, you know, you can mix these two together in, in, and live in alignment. I, I think alignment is a key word for that, you know? So like, you know, I'm a footballer, but like at the same time, it's like, I'm a, I'm a child of God, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a, I'm a lover of Jesus. And I happen to play football, you know, so um, a footballer's faith, you know, I came up with this, this, this brand that I, uh, you know, that I think um, can have, you know, a greater impact for, for others, you know, and for other footballers who want to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, that want to, um, that, 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 you know, aspire to achieve their goals and, and, and move up within, you know, their footballing, but also do that while glorifying God, you know, we don't have to like limit our, our, you know, the gifts that God has given us, you know, within our sport, because we want to follow Christ, you know, we could do that. We can glorify God within the locker room, you know, on the pitch. So yeah, footballers faith. Um, you know, I have a podcast for that and, you know, it's on, it's pretty much on all platforms, you know, Spotify, Apple, um, you know, pretty much wherever podcasts are played and you just, you know, search a footballer's faith and, um, yeah, it's on Instagram as well. A underscore footballers underscore faith. I have my own website, a footballers faith.com. And, you know, you can, you know, this is just a lot of, it's pretty much what I'm saying right now, you know, like the parallels between footballing and faith and, uh, you know, the encouragement that, you know, you can, that that you can have between those both you know so um, wow wow so so this is born out of like your own journey your own struggle really and and just like trying to merge what you do uh, how god's gifted you with with your faith has has that been a, a big challenge over the years just in terms of you know sometimes i meet i meet athletes who they struggle because they feel like I'm playing a game or, you know, I I'm really skilled and gifted at, at football, at soccer. Um, and, and there's this sort of like juggling that they do a little bit and reconciling, you know, that with their faith. And, and sometimes, you know, people ask me like, Hey Rev, should, should I even be playing this game? Like, and so we talk about what does it mean to, that, that God's gifted you this way and, and some of those other things. But, but here, what I hear in your story, John, is, is you have, you've been wrestling through some of this and the footballer's faith really becomes an extension of, of that journey for you. Um, as, as you think through some of those things that you've had to, I don't know, have you, have you had to give up a lot in your own mind to, to live out your faith or, or what does that look like for you just in the different spaces where, where you've been? You, you mentioned the locker room a little bit. You mentioned the tension of, you know, wanting to develop, camaraderie community with your teammates but the things they're doing are conflicting with what christ maybe has called you to do so maybe could could you share a little bit more about that that challenge and that difficulty because i i think for some of our listeners you know as a young uh, young athlete whether a boy or girl playing this game they're experiencing those same feelings of confliction when they're in their locker room and and I just wonder, like, what what you would say to them, kind of in these moments. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, well, definitely. I, I would say like, you know, my faith has helped me more, you know, in my mindset as well, you know, as a footballer and actually even, even as a goalkeeper, it's like, as a goalkeeper, it's, it's a lot of mindset as well. So I think like it's helped me look more grandular, granular, um, like more like big picture, right? Like, you know, sometimes we look at the present moment, right? And in the present moment, um, things might not be going our way, you know, like maybe we're not playing in a game or something. Right. Um, but when we look at the bigger picture and like, you know, you know, what comes to mind is, um, is James, uh, James chapter one, verse two and three, you know, when it says consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, that's what's so great about like, you know, God and, and, and Jesus is like just that the aspect of like perseverance, you know, and endurance and you just keep going, you know, you know, you just keep going. Like, you know, this, you know, our footballing career is going to, you know, and it's going to have an end date, you know, our life is going to have an end date. So like we fix our eyes on things that are more eternal, you know, like for me, like that gives me more like confidence, you know, but um, in regards to like what you were asking about um, uh, trying to get, you know, this camaraderie, I would say like, you know, if, if, if you just be you, you know, don't try to be someone else, you know, don't try to like fit in, like, and, and do something that is not you, you know, because people in, in, initially, you know, people might think it's kind of like weird or whatever, like, who's this, you know? I think they would, you know, would they appreciate you more. They would respect you more for you, you know, like being you, you know, not always being, you know, a yes man, you know, just, you know, whether it's like standing up for your beliefs or whatever, but it's like, just be you. And, and it's like, you know, it, that's what's great. That's what I love about like football as well is that within a team, there's so many different like characteristics, right? And this is, you know, also talks about in scripture about the body of Christ, you know, no matter what you do, it's like, we all need, you know, a certain, you know, characteristic within the team. We need a, you know, a certain, whether that's on the pitch or in the locker room, you know? So like your gifts that you, you, everyone has their own gifts, you know? So don't try to be someone else that you're not, you know? So, um, Yeah. You know, you know, while you're talking, John, it reminded me of um, <clears throat> the gospel of John chapter 17 and Jesus, he's praying for, um, for his followers. And he knows, he knows that he's soon to, to leave, to leave and join the father, soon to leave earth. He's soon to take the road to the cross. And so he, he gives this beautiful prayer in John 17. I just want to read part of it because, you know, you, as you've been talking, <clears throat> it's reminded me of, we, we are in this world, but we're not of it. And we're, we're called to be set apart. We're called to be different. And so whether we're in football as, a, as an athlete or a coach, uh, whether we're a staff person, we're, whatever, whatever God's called us into, whatever industry or vocation, uh, he gives us prayer. And I just want to read, uh, starting in verse 13. Jesus speaking, he says, I'm coming to you now. He's talking to the father, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they 
Jesus's followers, may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And, and he goes on to, to talk a little bit more in John 17. But I think what powerful wor- words that Jesus so many years ago, he prayed protection for, for us, that even as we're in the world, not, not that we're supposed to come out of it, we're supposed to be removed from it, but we're supposed to be in it and, and filled with joy, a, f- a full measure of joy. And, and John, I see that in your face. I, I see that as we've talked so much uh, in, in the parts of your story where there's been ups and downs, like you, I see the joy of, of Jesus in you. And, and just for us to even realize, especially during this time of global pandemic, that we're called to be kind of out in the world, um, protected from it. I, I mean, this is part of what Christ does in praying for us, um, but but part of it and, and influencing it. And I, I have to imagine that you've you've had some impact on some of your teammates and coaches in the different teams and clubs and places where you've been, man. I just want to thank you for your, your testimony and you, you standing strong through those things. I imagine that's, that's gotta be really challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. And um, yeah, I would also say just enjoy it, you know, enjoy it. Like if we get too caught up, like just trying to, you know, you know, think about like, okay, my footballing and my faith, like just trying to, you know, um, you know, fit in in a certain area. It's like, sometimes we forget to enjoy, like, why did you start playing football? Why, you know, and you only have, you know, a certain amount of time while you get to do this, you know? So, you know, I would say definitely like enjoy every moment, you know, you never, you don't get, you don't get a moment back. So enjoy it. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Well, um, John, talking about enjoying things, uh, I've kind of got this little game set up for us uh, that I want us to to try out. And if it's totally lame, we'll cut it out of the podcast. I, I promise you that. that. But uh, I, I call this game the reflex game. Okay. So um, one of my early stories or, or one of my favorite stories is, is the Manchester United chaplain kind of took me under his wing. He kind of mentored me a little bit. And uh, he took me on a tour of the Carrington training facility for, for Man U. And it was brilliant. And, and I, one of the things that stuck out to me is I saw this, this light-up board that kind of spanned, I don't know, eight, nine, ten feet of the wall. And it had all these, like, electronic light-up buttons that uh, was designed for goalie reflexes. So a button would light, and you got to move to and get to and press that button. I, I don't know if you've ever had or experienced or seen one of those things, but – um, so that got me thinking of this game uh, about reflexes. So I've got five words or phrases that are from your life story. And, and John, I've asked you to have five for me um, just in advance. We don't know what these words are, but what we're going to do is we're going to ping back and forth like two goalkeepers who are warming each other up. 
and sort of the first one that dropped the ball, the other one gets a point. So we're going to do kind of best out of 10. I've, I've got five, five words for John, John, you've got five words for me. Um, so you ready to try out this game? The first time I've ever done this. So don't know how it's going to go, but you, you ready to try this out, John? Let's do it. Okay. Um, I, I think we need a little warm up. So, um, I'm going to toss you the first word and essentially, John, you just respond to it. You, you reflexively say first thing that comes to your mind and then I've got to respond and we'll just, we'll see how this goes. Okay. So you ready? All right, here we go. First word, Virginia. Home. Denver. Uh, Colorado. Rocky Mountains. Midwest. Michigan. Lakes. Michigan. <laughs> oh, okay. So I used two words that, that, that probably disqualifies me there, but you kind of, I was trying to say Lake Michigan, uh, uh-huh. some lakes. So, um, so yeah, you got the, you got the rhythm of it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there okay. a time limit? Is it? Well, I, I think if you take too long to think, or if I take too long to think, or if we have a flub up kind of like I just had, um, you know, if you repeat a word or you get stuck, we'll just, the other person calls it and says, Hey, no, that's, that's a dropped ball. So we're, uh, yeah, well, th- there's no like time limit, but l- we'll, tr- we'll try and keep it like real fast between us. Okay. Okay. So who wants to go first? You, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, let's, you can go first. Okay. You ready? Yes. Here we go. Footballers. Faith. Podcast. Chris, uh, uh, I, I got oh you. You gosh. waited too long. All right. Oh, All right. That's a point for me. Point for Rev. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep a little tally marks here. Okay. All right, John. Uh, you can toss the next one. Football. Denver. Uh, What's wrong with that? No. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. Sorry. I, I messed it up. Sorry. Should we start again? Yeah. Yeah. All right. MLS. Rapids. 2020. COVID. Christian. Faith. Football. Uh, Footballer's faith. (laughs) And mountain. Pikes Peak. Okay, good. Um, yeah. All right. Did I get okay. that part? Like, am I supposed to, so supposed to respond to you on those? Yeah. You respond back. You, you just, you flash back with the first, if I, cause I'm going to say something that you're not expecting. So you've got to, you've got to come back at it. It's back and forth. Not expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think that one, we, do you think we should do over? Yeah. Let's do that one over. Okay. Okay. Here I'll toss, I'll toss up the ball. Okay. Ready? Manchester. United. DC. United. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Got you. Got you. All right. Two points for me. No points for you yet. Okay. Um, here, I'll go. I'll go again. I'll go again. Okay. I'll keep, I'll keep the momentum. Sailfish. Palm Beach Atlantic. Florida. Sunshine State. Uh, coast. Beaches. Girls. Bikinis. <laughs> the sand volleyball. 
sport. Uh, you got me there. You got me there. All right. Point for you. Point for you. Okay. All right. I'll, uh, how many, how many words do you have left? I've used up three uh, of mine. Okay. I still have a full plate. Okay. You, you toss up the next one then. Okay. Let's go. MLS. Rapids. Um, Denver. Broncos. Animal. Sailfish. Palm Beach Atlantic. Florida. Um, hot. Muggy. Swamps. Crocodiles. Um, slow. Uh, fast. Usain Bolt. <laughs> uh, Jamaica. Coconuts. Beach. Paradise. Tropical. Mangoes. Uh, relax. Chilled. Cool. Snow. Mountains. Rocky Mountains. Ski. Dangerous. Uh, blacks. What? Uh, I got you blacks. It's uh, when you said dangerous blacks, like uh, ski run, they, they put uh, ski runs into different color codes. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. We went All for right. a while there. Was yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We went for a little while. <clears throat> All right. Here we'll, we'll try just a couple more of these. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to skip my fourth one. Go to the, my fifth word. Um, all right. Nike. Swoosh. Uh, Michael Jordan. The goat. Uh, uh, oh, you got me. Got there. <laughs> I was trying to think of like Peyton Manning or, or something. Yes. Someone like drop one of those. Yeah. Tom Brady, maybe. Tom Brady's a goat. Oh, stop. Stop. Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, how about one more, John? You you throw it up and we'll uh we'll All we'll right. end it up like this. All right. All right. Um let's go with 2020. COVID. Um worldwide. Pandemic. Um global. Football. Best sport. Beautiful game. Fun. Kids. Loving. Parents. Um, caring. <laughs> oh, you got me. You got me. All right. Well, John, I don't know. We'll, you'll have to rate me later on that game, and and whether it's uh, whether I need to, we need to revise it or, or do something a little bit different with it. So, sure. but uh, 
hey, we've, we've come to the end of our time today. So just want to uh, leave us with a prayer. Um, John, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, sharing your story. Um, uh, we didn't even get to some of the things I wanted to talk about, but we'll, we'll do that another time. We'll do that in a different podcast. And uh, so just want to thank you for coming on and, and want to leave us today with a prayer, really a blessing. And uh, it's a blessing that uh, I've gotten really accustomed to praying almost every morning. And so if you would just join me in this, may the peace of the Lord Christ go with us wherever he may send us. May he guide us through the wilderness. May he protect us through the storm. May he bring us home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown. May he bring us home rejoicing once again into these doors. And Lord, I just lift up John and the other footballers out there right now that are uh, trying to make their way in the game and play through these times where it's difficult with shutdowns and lockdowns and global pandemic. And I just pray your blessing beyond them. Uh, keep them safe, protect them. And Lord, you, you've put us into the world. You've put us into locker rooms. You've put us into football clubs all around the world. And I just pray that we would remain there steadfast and uh, we would proclaim your name and your glory as best as we can. And I pray these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 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 Well, hey, guys, this is Rev Brad and John Hollinger coming to you from the touchline.